Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Start your countdown to the most delicious Sunday of the year at Whole Foods Market. The Easter in Bloom event is on. Experience it in stores from March 29th through April 11th with irresistible deals and delights store-wide. Save on feast-worthy animal welfare certified meats like spiral-cut ham and boneless ribeye. Then add a flash of green to the scene with savings on organic asparagus. Too busy to cook? Don't sleep on their crowd-favorite catering. Find all of that plus source-for-good floral bouquets and more at your local Whole Foods Market. This is the Wikipedia page for the London Beer Flood. You're listening to the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. Welcome to Wikilisten. I'm Victor Varnado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. Let me see what happens next. That's what it stands for. Sure. The London Beer Flood. The London Beer Flood was an accident at Moe & Co.'s Horseshoe Brewery, London, on October 17, 1814. It took place when one of the 22-foot-tall, 6.7-meter wooden vats of fermenting porter burst. The pressure of the escaping liquid dislodged the valve of another vessel and destroyed several large barrels between 128,000 and 323,000 imperial gallons. 580,000 to 1,470,000 liters or 154,000 to 388,000 U.S. gallons of beer were released in total. The resulting wave of porter destroyed the back wall of the brewery and swept into an area of slum dwellings known as the St. Giles Rookery. Eight people were killed five of them mourners at the wake being held by an Irish family for a two-year-old boy. The coroner's inquest returned a verdict that the eight had lost their lives casually, accidentally, and by misfortune. 
the brewery was nearly bankrupted by the event. It avoided collapse after a rebate from HM Excise on the lost beer. The brewing industry gradually stopped using large wooden vats after the accident. The brewery moved in 1921, and the Dominion Theater is now where the brewery used to stand. Moe and Co. went into liquidation in 1961. Background In the early 19th century, the Moe Brewery was one of the two largest in London, along with Whitbread. In 1809, Sir Henry Moo purchased the Horseshoe Brewery at the junction of Tottenham Court Road and Oxford Street. Moe's father, Sir Richard Moe, had previously co-owned the Griffin Brewery in Liquor Pond Street, now Cherkerwell Road, in which he had constructed the largest vat in London, capable of holding 20,000 imperial barrels. Henry Moe emulated his father's large vat and constructed a wooden vessel 22 feet, 6.7 meters tall, and capable of holding 18,000 imperial barrels. 80 long tons, 81 metric tons of iron hoops were used to strengthen the vat. Moe brewed only Porter, a dark beer that was first brewed in London and was the most popular alcoholic drink in the capital. Moe & Co. brewed 102,493 imperial barrels in the 12 months up to July 1812. Porter was left in the large vessels to mature for several months, or up to a year for the best quality versions. At the rear of the brewery ran New Street, a small cul-de-sac that joined onto Dyot Street. This was within the St. Giles Rookery. The rookery, which covered an area of 8 acres, 3.2 HA, was a perpetually decaying slum, seemingly always on the verge of social and economic collapse. According to Richard Kirkland, the professor of Irish literature, Thomas Beams, the preacher of Westminster St. James and author of the 1852 work The Rookeries of London, Past, Present, and Perspective, described the St. Giles Rookery as a rendezvous of the scum of society. The area has been the inspiration for William Hogarth's 1751 print, Gin Lane. The 17th of October, 1814. At around 4.30 in the afternoon of the 17th of October, 1814, George Crick, Moe's storehouse clerk, saw that one of the 700-pound, 320-kilogram iron bands around a vat had slipped. The 22-foot, 6.7-meter-tall vessel was filled to within 4 inches, 10 centimeters, of the top with 3,555 imperial barrels of 10-month-old porter. Weighing approximately 32 long tons or 33 tons. As bands slipped off the vets two or three times a year, Crick was unconcerned. He told his supervisor about the problem but was told that no harm, whatever, would ensue. Crick was told to write a note to Mr. Young, one of the partners of the brewery, to have it fixed later. <laughs> that is uh, foreboding. An hour after the hoop fell off, Crick was standing on a platform 30 feet, 9.1 meters from the vat, holding the note to Mr. Young when the vessel, with no indication, burst. The force of the liquid's release knocked the stopcock from a neighboring vat, which also began discharging its contents. 
Several hogsheads of porter were destroyed and their contents added to the flood. Between 128,000 and 323,000 imperial gallons were released. The force of the liquid destroyed the rear wall of the brewery. It was 25 feet, 7.6 meters high and two and a half bricks thick. Some of the bricks from the back wall were knocked upwards and fell onto the roofs of the houses in the nearby Great Russell Street. A wave of porters some 15 feet, 4.6 meters high, swept into New Street, where it destroyed two houses and badly damaged two others. In one of the houses, a four-year-old girl, Hannah Bamfield, was having tea with her mother and another child. The wave of beer swept the mother and the second child into the street. Hannah was killed. In the second destroyed house, a wake was being held by an Irish family for a two-year-old boy, Anne Seville, the boy's mother, and four other mourners. Mary Mulvey and her three-year-old son, Elizabeth Smith, and Catherine Butler were killed. Eleanor Cooper, a 14-year-old servant of the publican of the Tavistock Arms in Great Russell Street, died when she was buried under the brewery's collapsed wall while washing pots in the pub's yard. Another child, Sarah Bates, was found dead in another house in New Street. The land around the building was low-lying and flat. With insufficient drainage, the beer flowed into cellars, many of which were inhabited, and people were forced to climb on furniture to avoid drowning. I guess the lesson here is don't drink underage. Great joke at the expense of all those dead kids, Rachel. Thank you. Start your countdown to the most delicious Sunday of the year at Whole Foods Market. The Easter in Bloom event is on. Experience it in stores from March 29th through April 11th with irresistible deals and delights store-wide. Save on feast-worthy animal welfare certified meats like spiral-cut ham and boneless ribeye. Then add a flash of green to the scene with savings on organic asparagus. Too busy to cook? Don't sleep on their crowd-favorite catering. Find all of that plus source-for-good floral bouquets and more at your local Whole Foods Market. All those in the brewery survived. Although three workmen had to be rescued from the rubble, the superintendent and one of the workers were taken to Middlesex Hospital, along with three others. The 17th to the 19th of October. Stories later arose of hundreds of people collecting the beer, mass drunkenness, and a death from alcohol poisoning a few days later. The brewing historian Martin Cornell states that Newspapers of the time made no reference to the revelry or of the later death. Instead, the newspapers reported that crowds were well-behaved. Cornell points out that the popular press of the time did not like the immigrant Irish population that lived in St. Giles, so if there had been any misbehavior, it would have been reported. The area surrounding the rear of the brewery showed a scene of desolation that presents a most awful and terrific appearance equal to that which fire or earthquake may be supposed to occasion. Watchmen at the brewery charged people to view the remains of the destroyed beer vats and several hundred spectators came to view the scene. The mourners killed in the cellar were given their own wake at the ship public house in Bainbridge Street. The other bodies were laid out in a nearby yard by their families. The public came to see them and donated money for their funerals. Collections were taken up more widely for the families. Coroner's Inquest The Coroner's Inquest was held at the workhouse of the St. Giles Parish on the 19th of October, 1814. 
George Hodgson, the coroner for Middlesex, oversaw proceedings. The details of the victims were read out as Eleanor Cooper, age 14. Mary Mulvey, age 30. Thomas Murray, age 3, Mary Mulvey's son. Hannah Bamfield, age 4 years, 4 months. Sarah Bates, age 3 years, 5 months. Anne Seville, age 60. Elizabeth Smith, age 27. Catherine Butler, age 65. Hodgson, Hodgson took the jurors to the scene of the events and they viewed the brewery and bodies before evidence was taken from witnesses. The first witness was George Crick, who had seen the event happen in full. <laughs> George Crick is back. He's like, hey man, this is going to go crazy. <laughs> and now he's back to uh, finger everybody. To what? Finger them. That means point them out. Ah. Uh-huh. The first witness was George Crick, who had seen the event happen in full. His brother was one of the men who had been injured at the brewery. Crick said that hoops on the vats failed three or four times a year, but without any previous problems. Accounts were also heard from Richard House, the landlord of the Tavistock Arms, whose barmaid had been killed in the accident, and several others. The jury returned a verdict that the eight had lost their lives casually, accidentally, and by misfortune. Later, as the coroner's inquest reached a verdict of an act of God, Moenko did not have to pay compensation. Nevertheless, the disaster, the lost porter, the damage to the buildings, and the replacement of the vat cost the company £23,000. After a private petition to Parliament, they recovered about £7,250 from HM Excise, saving them from bankruptcy. The Horseshoe Brewery went back into business soon afterwards, but closed in 1951 when Mo moved the production to the Nine Elms Brewery in Wandsworth, which they had purchased in 1914. At the time of its closure, the site covered 103,000 square feet, nine thousand six hundred square meters the brewery was demolished the following year and the dominion theater was later built on the site mo and co went into liquidation in 1961 as a result of the accident large wooden tanks were phased out across the brewing industry and replaced with lined concrete vessels wow you know i thought that mr crick should have been much harsher in his description of what happened because they were obviously gaslighting him when he was trying to like get them to fix it in the first place. And so he could have been like, I told you so. And he didn't take that chance. No, he did not. And I'm wondering if this particular flood is where all those cartoons got their references about like the giant wave of liquid washing out entire cities. Their references, yeah. Mean, there's like there's like a SpongeBob episode where a giant truck of red ink burst open and it like washed out the city. You're asking if this is where that came from, yeah. Not from like a more popular, a more popular piece of media that might have had the same thing happen in it that just, maybe everybody draws from, you know, bef- and it happened before this. Maybe I'm speculating. Maybe you know, called I don't the Bible. Know. I'm just saying. <laughs> You know, like floods wiping out civilization in the Bible. And so maybe they got that. 
<laughs> That's entirely possible. This has been the Wikipedia page for London Beer Flood. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. To support the show, go to patreon.com slash wikilistenpodcast and find us on social media at Wikilisten and at wikilisten.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.